This is Mentor Moment number two, a series of podcasts based upon the book we give new faculty at our orientation. The book is Advice for New Faculty by Robert Boyce, who was a faculty development officer for over 35 years. He did research on what distinguishes new faculty who go on to become successful from those new faculty who do not go on to enjoy success in the academy. And over that course of lifetime research, he found that there are eight behaviors that successful faculty, those he calls exemplars, engage in. But many times they just do this intuitively. They, don't, they can't really even articulate what they're doing. So Boyth hypothesized that if he helped all new faculty act on these principles, maybe many more could be successful. And in fact, that's exactly what he did find to be true. So we want our new faculty to be successful, and we don't want them to have to use time to learn it by trial and error, and we certainly don't want them to be mystified about it all as they grow in the profession. So we ask them to think about the eight pieces of advice that form the framework of the book, Advice for New Faculty. This is Mentor Moment number two, Moderating Negative Thinking and Emotions, and it's based upon chapters 6 and 14. In his book, Advice for New Faculty, Robert Boyce tackles the need for us to moderate our negative inner voices. <laughs> Does that hit a nerve? <laughs> Boyce starts from the premises that positive thinking is more efficient and more humane than negative thinking. And positive thinking can be learned and developed. You're not doomed if you aren't born that way. So the first step in moderating negative thoughts is to begin noticing them. <laughs> We've got to notice our self-talk during the critical moments prior to or preparing for teaching. As we gather up to go to class or to practice, what is our little inner voice saying? Boyce reports that struggling faculty often think what he calls perfectionistically. And they so, uh, so they conclude at the outset that they can't teach, they can't prepare to teach, etc. Struggling faculty dwell on the worst case scenario, and they anticipate that their efforts will meet with criticism and rejection. What Boyce labels internal censors inhibit struggling faculty from paying attention to the larger goal. Instead, they focus their energies into mindless details of the task. Many of you who are experienced are probably thinking of this behavior as you see it exhibited by students. Well, it's the same with faculty. We have it too. For a parallel and more easily grasped example in scholarly writing, Boyce says that this would mean paying attention to spelling, but not to the ideas. So we, we can relate to this. If we notice negative inner thoughts like these, Boyce recommends argue back. <laughs> argue back. Slowly repeat the negative thought and analyze it for irrationality. Dispute it. We would not take criticism lying down from somebody else, so why should we take it from our own, our own brain? Refute the inner critic with as much vigor as we would refute an external critic, is what he says. Beware of getting emotionally attached to our fears. 
Boyce quotes a faculty member who states that fears have no power if you do not need them. That's on page 162. Your mentee may need help disputing the negative thoughts. Or he or she may need help even for the first part to pay attention and to articulate what those negative thoughts are. This is a good place for the mentor to be really sensitive to the new faculty member. Once we have identified the negative thoughts and once we have disputed them, argued back, it is time to replace them <laughs> with positive thoughts. On page 69, Boyce gives an example phrase that can be substituted. It's good to have one of these stock-and-trade phrases just to get in the habit of, of replacing those negative thoughts. The one that he uses as an example is, Once I'm doing the teaching, I'll enjoy it. I might just as well go and do it and enjoy it. It only lasts 50 minutes. Whatever. Now, I have a different stock-and-trade phrase that I've used, and it's maybe not quite as positive, but, you know, some days it's all I can muster. But I have this other phrase that I deliberately try to use to replace, and it is, the sun is going to rise tomorrow regardless. <laughs> it may not, I, I may not be the, the proudest of that phrase, but I do use it, and it does work. So what's your signature phrase? Have you got one? Consider sharing your signature phrase with your mentee. But you may especially want to help your mentee attend to the next stage in replacing negative thoughts. Successful faculty, Boyce writes on page 69, learn to reinterpret things that happen in a more positive light. They don't take failure as a sign of personal weakness or a character flaw, something indelible, something, you know, that you can't touch. They tend to interpret mistakes as being caused by something fixable. So they are able to welcome help in diagnosing and correcting mistakes. Since the problem isn't their personal fault, they can ask students for feedback and insights. They can ask colleagues to observe and give advice. They can turn their own powerful minds to designing solutions because it's not a basic flaw with them. Now, none of this is to encourage your new faculty member to be made of Teflon, unaccountable for actions as a teacher. No. If mistakes are caused by something fixable, then we are, in fact, responsible for fixing them. Rather, this advice is, in, is meant to encourage new faculty to balance their commitment to students with their need to preserve their own mental health and stamina. I love how one of our chemistry faculty puts it. He says, I refuse to be a pessimist. All those bad chemicals running about in your body are just not good for you. Much better to be an optimist. <laughs> so encourage your mentee to try these steps and to discuss with you how he or she is progressing. Step one, notice negative thoughts. Maybe you'll have an experience where you have a mentee who doesn't have negative thoughts in the first place, but the chances are against it. So the first step, of course, is simply to notice negative thoughts, particularly around the crucial times 
when they are preparing for class or heading off to class to teach. Second step, dispute those negative thoughts. Argue back. And three, practice reinterpreting negative thoughts and assumptions so that they don't place themselves at fault a priori. Don't let your mentee get caught in the vicious cycle of busyness, disappointment, busyness, disappointment, so that to get out of that cycle, he or she must rush to meet deadlines and finish work in rounds of binging. That's the worst thing that can happen. Model for your mentee learning to work with constancy and moderation. In mild happiness. <laughs> We're only after mild happiness. Mentor moment number two. Moderating negative thinking and emotions. <laughs>